Welcome, dear listeners, to another episode of the Diplomacy and Discourse podcast. I'm your host, MR. We want to begin by expressing our sincere gratitude to each and every one of you who has chosen to spend your valuable time with us today. Your presence is the heartbeat of our podcast, and we deeply appreciate your decision to engage in our conversations. Your feedback is invaluable to us. Your thoughts, ideas, and suggestions are significant in shaping the direction of our podcast content. We wholeheartedly encourage you to share your reflections with us. Your input is instrumental in our ongoing efforts to refine our episodes to better suit your preferences. An email to best contact us will be in the description or show notes below. If you found value in today's episode, we kindly request your support in the form of a review on your preferred podcast platform. Your reviews not only motivate us, but also assist us in reaching a broader audience, enabling more listeners to join our community. Let us not underestimate the power of word of mouth. We encourage you to share our podcast with your friends, families, and colleagues who may also find it engaging and enlightening. Your recommendations hold the potential to make a substantial impact on the growth of our community. You can find our podcast on various platforms. We are also on YouTube, so please kindly view those episodes and leave a thumbs up. We're actively working to expand our presence to ensure effortless access to our content. We're committed to delivering fresh, thoughtful-provoking episodes every Monday, filled with insightful discussions and meaningful perspectives. Your unwavering support fuels our passion for creating content that resonates with you. Once again, from the depths of our hearts, thank you for being a vital part of our podcast journey. Your presence and active engagement truly make all the difference. It needs to be worth mentioning that it is not easy to separate science from politics. This is because science is often used as a tool to support certain political and economic agendas, also certain legislative decisions and policies. This is because scientific research is often funded by government, and thus the results of the research may be biased in favor of certain political ideologies or economic interests. Furthermore, the results of the research may be interpreted differently, depending on the user's political and economic views. Even if the more radical claims are valid, such as the idea that governments should intervene in the free market to reduce carbon emissions, or that renewable energy sources should be sped up despite the economic implications, there is no straightforward solution as one takes initiatives because of the predictions on climate change. These types of predictions and expectations are questionable to begin with. Even if these types of solutions were implemented, it is difficult to know how effectively they would be in the long term. The complexity of climate and the lack of certainty about the future make it difficult to make concrete predictions about the impact of any given policy. This uncertainty and complexity will accumulate errors over time as new data and findings 
are discovered that contradict previous beliefs. This could lead to policies being implemented that are not effective or worse, could even have a negative impact on the environment. As such, it is important to consider the potential risks and benefits of any given policy, especially when it comes to climate change. Due to errors accumulating over time, inconsistencies in measurement can become more noticeable as the measurement progresses. Therefore, even 50 years from now, there will still be a large error bar around those projections. This means we won't be able to measure the positive or negative effects of anything we do right now. So how can you solve a problem when you can't measure the consequences of your actions? And what is the solution? Systems thinking, also known as systems approach or systems perspective, is considered a way to optimize the effectiveness of a program. Systems can be any methods, procedures, or organizations that consists of interactive parts. Systems thinking is a way of looking at and understanding complex phenomena or problems by examining the relationships and interactions between the various components or parts of a system. It involves considering the system as a whole rather than just focusing on individual elements. A systems perspective recognizes that a system is comprised of interconnected parts that work together to achieve a common purpose or goal. It examines relationships, patterns, and feedback loops to understand how the system works. It also looks at how small changes can have a big impact. A feedback loop is a process in which the output of a system is used as an input to the same system. A feedback loop can be negative or positive, depending on whether the output of the system serves to reduce or increase the input. Negative feedback loops serve to reduce the output of the system, while positive feedback loops serve to increase the output. Utilizing systems thinking, or a systems perspective method, is essential because it helps to better understand what might help or impede developmental sustainability. Meaning, we can gain better insights into the underlying structures and patterns that influence the behavior of a system. It helps to identify the root causes of problems and find effective solutions by considering the broader context and understanding the relationships between different elements. Applying a systems perspective can be beneficial in many domains, such as organizational management, environmental sustainability, public policy, and healthcare, just to name a few. This is regarding the emergence of similar issues, such as the racial wealth gap, and health issues, such as obesity. Systems perspective enables a more comprehensive understanding of complex situations and supports the development of strategies that consider the interactions and interdependencies within the system. Using this approach, planners hope to improve the health of the population, but what can really be expected from it? The program should be designed to promote systemic change by addressing the underlying causes of the issue. This means that policymakers should focus on developing solutions that can be sustained over the long term, not short term fixes.
Additionally, the program should focus on creating equitable outcomes for all people, regardless of race or socioeconomic status. Before we continue, it is important to name the various types of systems that can be studied and analyzed from a systems perspective. Some common types of systems include natural systems. These are systems that occur in the natural world, such as ecosystems, weather patterns, or biological organisms. Natural systems often have a complex interdependencies and feedback loops. Social systems. These are systems that involve human interactions and relationships, such as families, communities, organizations, or societies. Social systems can include components like individuals, groups, institutions, and cultural norms. Technological systems. These are systems that involve the design, development, and operation of technology, such as computer systems, transportation networks, or communication systems. Technological systems often consist of various interconnected components and processes. Ecological systems. These are systems that involve the relationships between organisms and their environment. Ecological systems can include ecosystems, food webs, or the interactions between different species. Economic systems. These are systems that involve the production, distribution, and consumptions of goods and services within a society. Economic systems can include factors such as dynamics, supply chains, or economics policies. Lastly, organizational systems. These are systems that involve the structure, processes, and relationships within an organization, such as a company or government agency. Organizational systems can include components like departments, teams, workflows, and communication channels. It is important to note that these types of systems are not mutually exclusive, and many real-world systems can exhibit characteristics of multiple types. Additionally, different disciplines and fields may define and categorize systems differently based on their specific focus and objectives. Systems thinkers believe that only viewing one part of a method, process, or plan of action that can isolate other functioning variables around the entirety of the system can disregard other variables that might influence its potential for positive impact. By considering the system as a whole, with all its interconnected components, it's possible to understand how different variables interact with one another and how changes in one area might affect the system as a whole. This helps to identify potential problems before they arise and to plan for more effective solutions. As with the case of obesity, it is a complex phenomenon that combines a variety of factors, such as improper institutional reforms, social media, physiological, psychological, socioeconomic, as well as environmental factors. There is a strong interaction between all of these variables. Individual concerns such as physiology, exercise habits, diet choices, and occupations are all factors that have a positive impact on our health. There are many other factors at play in addition to the individuals, such as the local built environment, the accessibility of junk food that is easy to obtain, and the practices of the larger food industry, such as trends, 
and portion sizes, sugar content, and fat content. All of these influences interact mutually with one another, making obesity a complex system in terms of the reciprocal relationships between them. As a result of disregarding a systems thinking approach, merely relying on basic linear cause and effect solutions for one method could neglect those other reciprocal relationships and lead to failure. This is because most programs are directed to think only within the boundaries of the programs they are a part of. Systems thinking allows you to zoom out and consider other factors outside of a program's conventional boundaries, both in and outside of the organization, that might impact the program's success. One can deliberately assess different standards, ethics, and viewpoints by looking at the broader system of interventions, policies, structures, patterns, and norms. Moreover, one can assess the interrelationships between them that might impact the disparities. Thus, it's possible to identify more powerful leverage points outside the program that can help with cases like obesity. So, this is where leverage points can be found in a system. These are places within a system where changes can be made to sustain a more meaningful impact. If one were to look at some behaviors and actions that one might adopt within a team to increase the community's access to physical activity and social welfare, for instance, what might those behaviors or actions be? It is true that some leverage points are within the scope of a person's ability to change, but others are outside their scope as well. Some examples of behaviors and actions that could be adopted to increase access to physical activity and social welfare are providing access to affordable and safe recreational facilities, increased public transportation options, and advocating for policy changes that would benefit the community. Leverage points within a person's scope could include encouraging others to get involved in activities, volunteering with local organizations, or speaking up at public meetings. Leverage points outside of a person's scope would include those which require a larger platform or resources, such as working with local or state government to pass laws or regulations. As a result, it would be more useful to be aware of these as a program is being planned, even if they are minor items. It might not shift the peripheries of a particular plan, but it will expand the edges. Even the smallest details can help to create a more comprehensive plan of action. The more attention that is paid to the smaller details, the more informed decisions can be made about the overall program. This will help to ensure that the program is more effective and efficient. In order to make sure the evaluation is set up to capitalize on indispensable boundaries, diverse perspectives, and interrelationships of the system as pivotal leverage points, one needs to acknowledge the implications of varying viewpoints and principles from outside the program, as well as the interrelationships throughout the whole system. There's no way one can evaluate the whole system on a budget. In spite of that, a commissioned assessment will offer more strategic insights into how to handle obesity in other partisanship. Besides proposing ways to improve the program, the evaluation findings could lead to new collaborations or outside political developments in a society where infrastructures are obstacles and where we can advocate for sustainable development together. 
Utilizing a systems approach can offer insights into the broader challenge of obesity and related issues within specific communities. This method goes beyond singular organizational programs. Highlighting other external factors can influence program performance. By doing so, a more realistic perspective of the program's potential is established. In addition, it provides a clear understanding of the necessary internal and external adjustments to enhance its efficacy. Moreover, it cultivates individuals into impactful leaders through career advancement and skill refinement. Recognizing personal shortcomings and areas for growth can contribute to personal development and career expansion. By leveraging this self-awareness, individuals can develop into influential leaders. This evolution of career and competence empowers them to make informed collective decisions, fostering wisdom-driven choices. In essence, it cautions that individuals who haven't addressed their own matters should approach global changes with caution. In line with this strategic problem solving, it's worth noting that certain challenges, often referred to as wicked problems, share traits of complexity, lack of resolution, global implications, and scientific foundations. These issues, such as climate change and human security, exemplify the intricate nature of modern societal dilemmas. What characterizes a wicked issue? These multifaceted challenges possess far-reaching influence, spanning diverse dimensions. Wicked problems are cross-cutting, unresolved, transnational, and science-based. For instance, climate change encompasses the economy, environment, and energy sectors, illustrating its comprehensive impact. These problems resist simple solutions, grappling with intricacies that elevate them to problem status. While unresolved, it's important to recognize their potential for resolution despite their current unsettled state. Furthermore, their transnational scope disregards borders with matters like human security, transcending national boundaries and directly affecting people's well-being. Moreover, these challenges are deeply intertwined with scientific foundations rooted in intricate relationships that drive their complexities. Cross-cutting issues in wicked problems are characterized by a lack of consensus and clarity, a lack of understanding of the causes and effects of the program, and a lack of agreement on how to address the problem. In the case of climate change, the lack of consensus and clarity has led to a lack of agreement on how to best address the issue. It is cross-cutting because it involves the economy, the environment, and energy. This lack of consensus and clarity has led to a lack of political will to address it since it requires difficult decisions that are costly in both financial and political terms. There are global agreements that are cross-cutting issues and challenging to implement. Examples of these agreements include the Paris Agreement on Climate Change, the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, and the World Health Organization's Global Targets for Non-Communicable Diseases. All of these agreements involve multiple countries and are subject to difficult decisions that require political will and resources. 
The Paris Agreement on Climate Change is an international agreement between 190 countries that aims to reduce global emissions of greenhouse gases. The agreement sets out a framework for countries to reduce emissions, adapt to climate change, and provide financial assistance to countries most affected by climate change. The difficult decisions that countries must make include setting emissions targets, investing in green technology, and transitioning their economies away from fossil fuels. These decisions often require a tremendous amount of political commitment as well as a significant number of resources. Furthermore, these decisions can be pricey in both financial and political terms. The United Nations Sustainable Development Goals require countries to make difficult decisions such as investing in green technology, transitioning their economies away from fossil fuels, and setting emissions targets, like the Paris Agreement on Climate Change. One of the Sustainable Development Goals is Goal 13, Climate Action. This goal focuses on strengthening resilience and adaptive capacity to climate-related hazards and natural disasters, also integrating climate change measures into international policies or national policies and implementing the Paris Climate Agreement on climate change. Political determination and resources are necessary for these decisions, which can be expensive both financially and politically. Countries have to make difficult decisions that often require a significant number of resources, and these decisions can be unpopular with certain groups or sectors of the population. Therefore, leaders of these countries have to make difficult decisions that require a strong political will to ensure that the necessary resources are allocated to achieve the Sustainable Development Goals. Global health is also a cross-cutting issue in that it affects all countries, regardless of their level of development, and it is impacted by a variety of factors such as the environment, economic development, and cultural practices. It is an issue particularly relevant to sustainable development, as a healthy population is necessary for economic growth and social progress. Additionally, global health is an issue that affects all countries, as the spread of infectious disease knows no borders. The World Health Organization's Global Targets for Non-Communicable Diseases is an example of a global health agreement that requires countries to make difficult decisions to ensure that all citizens have access to quality health care. This agreement highlights the need for international cooperation in addressing global health issues. It also highlights the need for countries to make difficult decisions to ensure that the necessary resources are allocated to achieve the targets. Unresolved problems are wicked because they initially appear challenging. We've seen them as problems because they're so complicated. There's no resolution, but that doesn't mean they're impossible to fix, just that they're not resolved yet. Examples of unresolved or difficult issues include, as mentioned before, climate change, global health, as well as poverty, food security, access to education, natural resource management, migration, and gender inequality. These issues are all complex and interconnected, making it difficult to develop a comprehensive solution. In the case of climate change, the lack of consensus and clarity 
has led to a lack of agreement on how to best address the issue. While poverty is often a result of systemic economic inequality and access to education is limited in many parts of the world due to a lack of resources. Similarly, migration is often a result of political instability or economic disparities. And gender inequality is a result of both cultural and structural barriers. All of these issues require a multifaceted approach with both short-term and long-term strategies to be resolved. Yemen is one of the poorest countries in the world and is facing extreme poverty. Nearly half of the country's population lives below poverty line and over 20 million people need humanitarian assistance. Yemen's economy has been devastated by years of conflict leading to a sharp decline in living standards and widespread food insecurity. The conflict has also resulted in the displacement of millions of people and the destruction of vital infrastructures such as hospitals, schools, and water systems. Poverty is a major factor in the spread of diseases and malnutrition, and the country currently has one of the highest rates of malnutrition in the world. All of these factors, combined with a lack of access to healthcare and education, have created a dire situation in Yemen, and one that requires an urgent and collaborative response. Solving the problem mentioned before is difficult due to the complexity and interconnected nature of the issues. In order to resolve these issues, a multifaceted approach must be taken. This approach should involve both short-term and long-term strategies. In the short term, it is important to provide immediate aid to those affected by the issues mentioned, such as providing food and medical assistance. Long-term strategies should focus on creating sustainable solutions, such as providing access to education and healthcare, as well as creating economic opportunities for those living in poverty. Additionally, efforts should be made to create more stable political and economic environments and to address systemic inequality. Finally, collaboration between governments, organizations, and individuals is key in order to develop comprehensive solutions to these issues. The wicked problems we face are transnational in nature. These are some issues that do not depend on borders, like human security, which is not limited to within states. Besides, there are plenty of issues that bear directly on the well-being of people, and these issues transcend state borders. Examples of wicked problems that are transnational in nature include climate change, poverty, terrorism, illegal migration, and the spread of infectious diseases. The spread of the coronavirus is a prime example. The current outbreak of the novel coronavirus has spread across many countries in a short period of time, with cases now present in nearly every country in the world. As a result, countries have been collaborating on efforts to contain the virus, ranging from the imposition of travel and quarantine restrictions to the sharing of medical resources and research. This shows that the spread of infectious disease is a transnational issue as it is not limited to within states, and that collaboration across multiple countries is necessary to effectively contain it. The Syrian refugee crisis is a transnational issue. 
since it has been ongoing since the start of the Syrian civil war in 2011. This is a wicked problem due to the complex and intertwined nature of the issue as it involves multiple actors and stakeholders. The conflict has resulted in millions of people being displaced, with many of them seeking refuge outside of Syria. This has put a tremendous stain on countries in the region, as well as countries that are hosting refugees. This is a transnational issue because it affects countries beyond just Syria and requires collaboration between multiple countries in order to be effectively addressed. Attempts to resolve this issue include providing financial aid and humanitarian assistance to countries in the region, accepting refugees into the countries in the West, and working towards a ceasefire in Syria. Lastly, wicked problems have a science-based component, meaning they do have a science component when it comes to solving them. In addition to these measures, scientific research is needed to gain a better understanding of the situations so that more effective solutions can be developed. This includes studying the underlying factors that have contributed to the conflict, as well as possible solutions, such as proving the economic and social conditions in the region. For example, the outbreak of the Zika virus is an example of a wicked problem with a science-based component. Zika is a mosquito-borne virus that can cause a range of symptoms, including fever, rash, joint pain, and red eyes. It can also cause severe birth defects in babies born to women who have been infected during pregnancies. Countries around the world have worked together to develop effective strategies to prevent and control its spread. This includes vector control measures, such as using insecticides to control mosquito populations, as well as education campaigns to raise awareness about the virus and its effects. Additionally, scientists and researchers have worked together to obtain a better understanding of the virus, its transmission, and its effects in order to develop more effective treatments and preventative measures. Given the encompassing nature of wicked issues, the question emerges. How can foreign ministries and diplomats effectively engage with them? Enter science diplomacy. This approach hinges on developing expertise in scientific domains, be it physics, chemistry, or biology, enabling interactions with the scientific community. This nuanced understanding helps diplomats process and manage these intricate matters, addressing a deficiency that has persisted thus far. Historically, foreign ministries and diplomats centered their attention on territorial and ideological concerns during the Cold War. However, the challenges of the 21st century, specifically the interconnected and globalized wicked problems, are underscored by significant scientific and technological components. As a countermeasure, institutions must bolster their capacity to manage these complexities. This entails integrating scientific expertise within foreign ministries and diplomats while simultaneously immersing diplomatic entities in academic, research, and technological realms. By merging external knowledge with internal diplomatic efforts, not only are traditionally bureaucratic spaces invigorated, but also capacity is substantially enhanced. This augmentation enables more effective engagement with these intricate wicked problems, 
fostering a more adept approach to their solution. A wicked problem is an intricate social problem, some of which are more serious than others. They are difficult to solve since there is insufficient knowledge and too many opinions involved. They are interrelated with other problems, they withstand settlement, and they can be a large economic strain. Wicked problems lack precise solutions. They bleed into each other, and there is always more than one interpretation. Solving one problem can reveal or even create another. Moreover, each explication is a one-shot tint, so trial and error are not possible. Wicked problems are too complex to fix. However, they can be reduced, persuaded, protrubed, and oriented through design thinking. To reiterate, systems thinking looks at the bigger picture. It considers how different parts of a system interact and influence each other. It focuses on understanding the relationships, feedback loops, and dynamics within a system with the aim of finding effective solutions. On the other hand, we have design thinking. Design thinking is a human-centered approach to problem solving. It involves understanding users' needs and perspectives, generating creative ideas, and prototyping and testing potential solutions. Design thinking emphasizes empathy, experimentation, and iteration to create innovative and user-friendly solutions. It can connect people and inspire creative ideas and hopefully bring more innovative solutions to the world. While both systems thinking and design thinking involve holistic approaches to problem solving, they differ in their specific focus and methodology. Systems thinking focuses on the system's interconnectedness and complexity, while design thinking emphasizes user-centered design and inventive problem solving. Design thinking was not mentioned before as it is a more recent approach to problem solving which has only recently gained popularity. It emphasizes a user-centered approach to problem solving which can be a more effective way to solve wicked problems that are too complex to solve with traditional methods. By understanding the user's needs and perspectives, generating creative ideas, and prototyping and testing potential solutions, design thinking can help reduce, persuade, protrude, and orient wicked problems. By blending systems thinking with design thinking, it is possible to gain a more comprehensive view of the problem and develop creative and innovative solutions. It is evident that the contemporary democratic organization is incapable of dealing with a series of wicked problems that are crucial to the functioning of a democracy. These issues include lack of transparency and accountability, as well as unequal distribution of resources and increasing polarization within society. All of these have weakened the public trust in democratic institutions and processes making it difficult for democracies to effectively address the problems they face. So, to emphasize again, wicked problems have fragmentary, antithetical, and varying standards. Solutions are often difficult to identify and discern due to naughty interdependencies. While attempting to remedy a wicked problem, 
the elimination of one of its elements may reveal or produce other, even more complex dilemmas. The obscurities of wicked problems challenge linear thinking, reductionism, and professional education. Foreign policy has provided some notable instances. For example, a foreign policy decision to deploy troops to a certain region may be seen as a solution to a particular problem, but this could create a variety of unintended consequences that could further complicate the situation and create new, more complex problems. Every foreign intrusion in the Middle East by the West since the invasion of Gallipoli in April 1915 with the oftentimes disputed exception of Israel when it was declared a nation in 1948, has been misunderstood, unsuccessful in its execution, and has fomented a new set of unanticipated problems. These interventions have destabilized the region, resulting in military coups, civil wars, and ethnic and sectarian conflicts that have cost thousands of lives and billions of dollars in destruction. Furthermore, the interventions have often failed to address the root causes of the conflicts, leading to increased radicalization and extremism in the region. This has had a ripple effect on other countries in the Middle East and beyond, with refugees fleeing to Europe and other parts of the world, and the increasing presence of extremist groups like ISIS and Al-Qaeda. The instability caused by these interventions has had a devastating effect on the region and the world. This is because many of the interventions were primarily focused on short-term gains and not on long-term solutions to the underlying issues. Some short-term gains of foreign interventions in the Middle East include gaining control of resources such as oil, establishing military bases, and curbing the influence of rival countries. As a result, the underlying issues remained unresolved and has led to further radicalizations of local populations and increased presence of extremist groups. Now, let us quickly look at the current wicked problems this world faces. 1. Security concerns in the wake of terrorism. Terrorism threatens the safety of people around the world and causes immense physical, emotional, and economic damage. Security concerns around the world have increased due to the rise of terrorism, making it more difficult for people to feel safe. 2. The Clash of Civilizations The Clash of Civilizations is a theory proposed by American political scientist Samuel Huntington in the 1990s. The theory suggests that in the post-Cold War world, Cultural and religious identities will be the primary source of conflict, rather than ideological or political differences. The theory suggests that the world is divided into eight or nine civilizations, each with distinct cultural and religious identities, and that these civilizations will compete or clash with each other in the future. The theory has been criticized for its oversimplification of the complexities of global politics and its potential to cause further divisions between different cultures. 3. Being truthful and winning elections. Politicians must balance the truth with what voters want 
to get elected. This often leads to a situation where politicians must choose between telling the truth, which may be popular, and making promises that may not be truthful. This dilemma has no clear answer, yet it is crucial in democratic societies. 4. The Attack on Scientific Method Evidence versus Opinion The scientific method is a process of collecting and analyzing evidence to form conclusions about the nature of the world. Evidence-based decision-making is fundamental to the scientific method as it relies on the collection of data and facts to arrive at a conclusion. However, in recent years, there's been an attack on the scientific method as opinions and anecdotal evidence are increasingly used to form conclusions. This is dangerous as opinions and anecdotal evidence are subjective and often biased and thus cannot be relied upon to make evidence-based decisions. 5. Information or Entertainment Stay up to date through social media. In the age of social media, people expect instant gratification from the media they consume. Social media platforms such as Twitter and Instagram have been instrumental in speeding up the way we gather information, as news and entertainment can be accessed within seconds. This has had profound effect on the way we consume media as people are no longer willing to wait for traditional media outlets to report news. Instead, they expect to access the news and content they want as soon as it is available. This can lead to a false sense of knowledge and understanding and lead to decisions being made without considering the full context of the situation. This can have serious implications for businesses and other organizations as decisions made without considering all the evidence can have costly consequences. 6. Lack of Progress in Climate Change Dialogues The lack of progress around dialogues concerning climate change is largely due to the fact that solutions to this problem are too complex and require too much global effort. There is much disagreement between nations on how to tackle climate change, as each nation has its own interests and agendas. Additionally, there is a lack of consensus on the best ways to mitigate the effects of climate change. This lack of consensus has led to stalled negotiations and an inability to reach a meaningful agreement to address the issues. 7. The quality of political debates has deteriorated. The quality of political debates has deteriorated in recent years due to a number of factors. One of the main factors is the polarizing nature of modern political discourse, which has led to an us-versus-them mentality that discourages meaningful dialogue and compromise. Additionally, the complexity of these issues being debated often leads to oversimplification and misunderstanding, which can lead to even further polarization. This is further compounded by the fact that there is no easy solution to the problem of deteriorating political discourse. As a result, it is often difficult to find common ground and come up with meaningful solutions.
This makes the issue of the quality of political debates a wicked problem, meaning it is complex, difficult to solve, and can have unintended consequences. 8. The policy landscape is marked by large divisions. These divisions are based on ideology, political affiliation, and the interest of powerful stakeholders. This makes it difficult for policymakers to come to an agreement as they often disagree on the most fundamental level. 9. Enrolling political elites as part of the program. Political elites have significant sway over policy decisions and shape the policy landscape. By enrolling them in the program, policymakers can better understand the various perspectives and help them come to a consensus. 10. The collapse of institutions such as churches, welfare organizations, sporting clubs, the armed forces, and political parties. The collapse of these institutions can be attributed to a variety of factors. For example, the rise of technology has made it easier for people to connect and communicate without the need for physical interaction, thus reducing the need for many of these organizations. Additionally, economic changes and the shifts in political power have led to a decrease in the influence of many of these institutions. Finally, cultural shifts and changes in social norms have led to a decrease in people's willingness to join and support these organizations. 11. Various sources of corruption, including private versus community interests, lobbyists, and the like. These sources of corruption have resulted in people becoming more distrustful of these organizations and less willing to participate in them or support them with their time and money. This has contributed to the decreased influence of many of these organizations. 12. Policy in the field of foreign affairs and defense. This has led to a decrease in their effectiveness and their ability to achieve their aims. Governments have had to find other, more reliable sources of funding and support. This has resulted in a new wave of investment in these organizations leading to a renewed trust and support. This new wave of investment has allowed governments to finance their missions more effectively, allowing them to increase their capabilities and better achieve their foreign and defense policy objectives. It has also led to increased public support for these organizations, as people are now more willing to invest in them, knowing that their money will be used for a worthwhile purpose. And last but not least, 13. An approach to tackling budget deficits that focuses on 1. Cuts, 2. Asset sales, and 3. Borrowing while ignoring revenue, i.e. tax adjustments. This approach is unsustainable in the long term because it does not generate any additional funds or income for the government, and as such, it does not address the underlying cause of the budget deficit. Furthermore, it can have a negative impact on the economy as it removes funds from the public sector, reducing investment in essential services. Overcoming or addressing key barriers can be a daunting task when the nature of these barriers is inherently strained. This strain 
is particularly evident in the context of wicked problems, such as climate change and jihadism, which presents enduring challenges. Additionally, the extended duration of political cycles and the persistent efforts of corrupt dictators and officials to retain power can disrupt democratic processes. Conversely, media cycles operate within much shorter timeframes, often losing interest in a story within a mere 24 plus hours. Reflecting on the impact of the information technology or IT revolution, a significant misconception emerges. The IT revolution is the rapid expansion and adoption of information technology, enabled by advances in computing power, the growth of the internet, and the emergence of mobile devices. It has led to the digitization of many aspects of life, including communication, entertainment, commerce, and other areas. While many initially believed that access to cutting-edge technology would broaden horizons and encourage the pursuit of universal, long-term interests, the reality has been quite different. Technologies like the smartphone have, instead, reinforced the personal realm. Social media platforms, with their emphasis on accessibility and reinforcement of existing viewpoints, exemplify this shift. This casts a different light on the initial expectations surrounding technological progress. To address wicked problems, we need to think holistically in systems and apply design thinking. We should also strive to recognize our personal shortcomings and focus on personal development. This way, we can become more innovative and influential leaders, helping to make a positive impact on the world. Ultimately, this is the best way to work towards diminishing wicked problems and create a more equitable and sustainable future.